With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Well, folks, I think this one's going to be fun. I'm with you for the next three hours. I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. I hope you recognize that you are as well. We are in December, Christmas, just a couple of weeks away. And college football, we're going to know, well, we already know the four teams. We don't know what one and two are going to look like. That's the debate. And if you've been following my Twitter at jmartzone, you've seen me back and forth. And look, you know what? It's been fun today. Usually I don't engage in it. But today has been fun, not because I wanted to hear myself talk, but because I had an argument. And some people have come against me with their own arguments, but it's been rational and reasonable. And I've enjoyed it. And they've said kind things over the last couple of minutes as I'm, you know, taking the airwaves and aren't going to be able to engage in the Twitter discussion, at least for the time being. This is the Jason Martin Show. Welcome in Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. The telephone number is 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. Big time NFL Sunday. That has arrived as well with some great games. We will preview all of that in the third hour of the program. A lot of college football on this show, clearly. Not really any Heisman talk because that's obvious. But also want to talk about the running back position in the NFL. 
and how it just is not panning out to pay those guys, the Cowboys debacle. There's a lot going on. Even with Christmas, sports is not being pushed to the back burner, to say the least. So all the conference championship games are in the books. Memphis, Mike Norvell on his way out the door, basically, headed to Florida State, it would appear, wins again. And Memphis, what he's done at Memphis is amazing. I'll be curious to see how he does at Florida State. This has a Scott Frost feel to it, except he ain't going to Nebraska. He's going to Florida State. It might not be in good shape, but they're not going to have any trouble recruiting to Florida State. Not the same way that Scott Frost does at Nebraska, at least. ACC, it's not like Norvell's going to walk in and immediately challenge Dabo. But that's a good hire. And you wondered why somebody hadn't hired him a couple of years before. There were stories that maybe there were things behind the scenes that were going to keep him away from some gigs, but they're there. Another one's Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. We'll talk about that as well. OU, Oklahoma beats Baylor in overtime. Charlie Brewer goes down with concussion-like symptoms in the first half. They end up with a third string, they meaning Baylor, with their third string quarterback out there. OU beats them by a touchdown in overtime in a really physical, close football game. I wasn't particularly impressed with the victory, but they still handled their business. There would be an argument at four if other things had happened that did not. All of this started on Friday when Utah had everything in front of it, and all the Utes needed to do was beat Oregon. And I predicted before that game that Oregon was going to beat them because this is college football. And people were saying way too many nice things about Utah and forgetting that just a few weeks ago, before going to Tempe, Oregon should be the number four team in the country. Remember that discussion when Georgia was four and people thought it should have been Oregon, but that they were going to get a chance to prove it. And once they beat Utah, that would happen. Then they lost to Arizona State. And then didn't look good in the week after, even though they won that game. People forgot that Oregon was really good as well. And it's not that Utah forgot it, but Utah had not played with that kind of pressure before. And they had been playing some also-rans and bludgeoning them to death, yes. But when they ran into adversity, there was no answer, and they got trucked. And I hated that because I wanted to see Utah get an opportunity I've seen Oklahoma go 0-3 in these college football playoff games with better quarterbacks, at least ones that have more dynamic offenses. Nobody's a better leader than Jalen Hurts. And nobody's easier to root for than Jalen Hurts. Not that any of these guys are people you necessarily want to root against. I'm not saying that. I'm saying Jalen Hurts is on another level of rootability. But Jalen Hurts is also on another level of it's obvious why Tua took that job from him at Alabama. I don't think this OU team, even with a better defense with Alex Grinch, has a prayer in the college football playoff. Now, maybe they're going to come out with, if you want to play the chip on your shoulder card, Oklahoma is the team that can do that. I'm listening to Dabo Swinney talk about people counting Clemson out and wanting them not to make it, and Clemson fatigue, and playing the victim card. And I don't know if he's trying to psych up his team, and that's the only thing he's doing. Because all he's doing is leaving me rolling my eyes. And I really like Dabo Swinney. And I hate not enjoying what he's doing. But this is nonsense. Dabo knows that the ACC does not match up with the other Power 5 conferences. Not this year, to say the least. 
So his schedule was nothingness. He was like a 30-point favorite in every game they played. They had one game where they escaped North Carolina by one because North Carolina went for the win at home on a two-point conversion and failed. Or we would have a completely different discussion going on right now. And I'm not saying Clemson's not maybe the best team in the country if you just look at it in terms of the talent on the field and what they're capable of. But they certainly didn't deserve to be number one right now. But the idea that there is anti-Clemson bias is patently false and ridiculous, and it's beneath Dabo Swinney to go there. Clemson, folks, have, as everybody slept on Trevor Lawrence, the hype that he was getting before the season, is it gone? No. Everybody still thinks he's going to be the number one pick when he comes out next year. He played kind of pedestrian football for the first month, month and a half, and then woke up. It's Sometimes it's hard to psych yourself up when you know you're going to crush everybody by five touchdowns, and so you come out slow and you throw more interceptions than you did all last year in like the first month that you're out there. And then, oh, well, Trevor Lawrence is not what we thought. No, yeah, he is. He's going to be really good. We know what Travis Etienne is. One of the best running backs of the decade in college football. We know what T. Higgins is, just like we knew what Mike Williams was when he was at Clemson. We know how talented that defense is. We know how good Brent Venables is. We are aware of all of this. No one has forgotten how good Clemson is. We are well aware that Clemson has won two of the last three national championships, both of them beating Nick Saban, as a matter of fact, and has played in three of the last four and has been in the playoff all four years. We know all of these things. So the victim card thing, just I don't know what the purpose is. I don't know. Maybe he can play that off in the locker room, but if I'm playing for him, I'm still like, all right, coach, whatever. But OU can play that card. People are going to count them out. Everybody says you don't want to be the number two seed. The reason why there's an argument between LSU and Ohio State, the reason I was embroiled in this discussion all day, and the reason I even cared to say LSU is number one to me and Ohio State is number two, is because no one wants to see Clemson in the semifinal. You don't want to have to see them and then have another game to play if you're fortunate enough to beat them. You don't want to see them unless it's the final game of your season in the national championship. You would much rather play OU. And that right there, if I'm Lincoln Riley, that's what I'm telling my team. Everybody wanted to play us. Nobody wanted to play Clemson. They're not taking us seriously. They're not taking you guys seriously. What are you going to do about that? That is a compelling card to play in an Oklahoma locker room full of young men that might not even need the inspiration but then could play with a chip on their shoulder. LSU can't really play with a chip on its shoulder. Ohio State can't play with a chip on its shoulder. Clemson can only play with a Fugazi chip on its shoulder. But Oklahoma, they can play with a legit chip on their shoulder because the reason why we care who one and two are is because, boy, one's going to have such an easier time because they're playing Oklahoma. That's the assumption. That's what the country is saying. That's what the experts are saying, that one and two generally doesn't mean all that much, but this year it means everything because Clemson is going to be the opponent for whoever finds themselves in that number two slot. But the re- it's amazing to me. 
I didn't see this coming from LSU. I don't know. Maybe if I would have gone the other way and said Ohio State was number one, a lot of LSU fans would have come after me. But it was Ohio State fan, and most of, I would say 95% of the ones that were coming towards me today were ones that had something about Ohio State in their Twitter bio. Were coming to me with all sorts of stats and facts to back up the fact why Ohio State was definitely the number one team in the country. I'm sorry, they're not. And all I needed, if it was close, was what happened yesterday. LSU didn't beat Georgia. They pantsed them. They humiliated them. They embarrassed them. They undressed them in the state of Georgia, in Atlanta, only about an hour and 20 minutes from Georgia's campus, if that, depending on if you're obeying traffic laws or not. Didn't beat them, crushed them, annihilated them. Georgia had like less than 30 yards in the first half of that game, offensively. Their offense wasn't good much of the year, but their defense was stellar, and they still couldn't stop Joe Burrow, who's going to walk to the Heisman Trophy. And he, if he needed another Heisman moment, which he did not, he got it on that ridiculous scramble where he evaded pressure, rolled to his right, and pulled something that looked like a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers where it looked like maybe he was going to step out of bounds or was throwing the ball away and instead was throwing a 71-yard pass complete down the field. LSU's wins this year, I could list them, but the two most impressive, there's nothing that Ohio State did, ladies and gentlemen, nothing that they did all season long that you could say was as impressive as beating the number four team in the state of Georgia in the manner in which LSU did. That was a beat down. Georgia looked like they didn't belong on the same field with LSU. That's a Georgia team, folks, that had beaten Notre Dame, that had beaten Florida, and had beaten Auburn. Yeah, they had a bad loss in their resume, but they had three of the best wins in college football all year, which got them to Mercedes-Benz to play in that game in the first place. So that's one win right there that, to me, is more impressive than anything Ohio State pulled off all season long. What was the second most impressive win of the season in college football? Almost assuredly, and maybe you would even say this one is bigger than the Ohio than the Georgia win, but I would say the Georgia win's bigger just because of the margin of victory. But when you go to Tuscaloosa and you beat another Heisman contender in Tua and one of the greatest wide receivers cores, not in the SEC, not in the country, but of the century. Like, you can't find maybe more than one or two that you would even come close to putting with these guys. And you beat them in Tuscaloosa with everybody watching, and Joe Burrow again played out of his mind. That game was a laugher, and then Alabama, because they're Alabama, fought their way back into it and fought their way all the way back and still lost. Nothing Ohio State did this year is impressive to me as the win in Tuscaloosa for LSU. Nothing Ohio State did this year is as impressive as what LSU just did to Georgia about 12 hours ago. Sorry, more like eight hours ago because that game went forever. LSU beat Florida in prime time, impressively so. And then you're going to tell me that they have a bad defense. I know that their defense, I said Ohio State's a little bit more balanced than LSU is. That doesn't mean they're better. LSU's defense surrendered, what, 402 rushing yards to Ole Miss? 
somebody tweeted me and said it was Mississippi State earlier, and I corrected them and said no, they only gave up 102 to Mississippi State. Who did boast the SEC's leading rusher? But 402 yards to Ole Miss and over 600 yards of total offense. Let's keep in mind, though, they won the game by three touchdowns and scored 58 points against Ole Miss in that game. Since that game, this so-called putrid LSU defense, less than 45% completions against them, 42 to be exact, less than three yards per carry on the ground, 2.6 to be exact, and 12 sacks since that game. 12 sacks in three games. So this defense that's so terrible, maybe not so bad. The resumes. And the good news is we're going to get to see how this all plays out. Whoever's one, whoever's two, they're going to have their opportunity to win the national championship, as are three and four. So this is a debate about who plays who, not about who's getting in. I do not, and I hate to be in this position where I'm saying negative things about Ohio State. I'm only saying that because I think LSU's resume is stronger. But Ohio State can boast five wins over top 25 teams by a margin of over 25 points a game, and they've looked good doing so. And they've got a Heisman contender that won't win in Justin Fields, who, by the way, when they were down two touchdowns at halftime, I wrote on Twitter, they're coming back to win this game. I can't imagine Fields is not going to play like a superstar in the second half and that's exactly what he did and Ohio State was better than Wisconsin who was overrated remember that first game when Ohio State killed them by 30 plus that was when some people in the media were saying Wisconsin was the best team in the country I still have no idea why but you look at Wisconsin and Penn State and even Michigan it's not that they were awful it's that they were overrated and overranked which is an argument some have made this week And it's one that's hard to deny right now because I look at those LSU wins and I just feel like those are more impressive than what I've seen from Ohio State. How do you feel about it? 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. We are just scratching the surface of breaking all this down. But it's going to be fun. Which matchup do you want and who do you not want to play? I'm telling you, Oklahoma being able to play that underdog card is something that should not be summarily dismissed this ain't baker mayfield this is not kyler murray where everybody is talking them up about how great they are this is jalen hurts who the first thing you think about when you talk about jalen hurts usually is the blemishes about him not being that great a passer this is the first time that they can really walk in with a chip on their shoulder it'll be intriguing to see how they respond to it oh and three so far but they've never had jalen hurts jalen hurts who you want a great stat He's going to have made the college football playoff in all four years of his college career because he left Alabama. Alabama only made it three times. As soon as he left, they didn't make it. Not because he left, but it's a good story for Jalen Hurts, and it's a fun story for us as we watch college football. We're in the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by Geico. I'm brought to you by Geico. I've got my guys, Brian Finley, Eric Roberts, Chris Perfett, they're the trifecta. They're spinning the Dallas radio style for me out in Los Angeles. I know we got Christmas music, so I'm not going to call for anything here. I'll be curious to see what we have. My wife said she had Christmas music she'd love to hear. But right now, the only thing she's hearing is in her dreams because she's asleep because it's 218 where I'm doing the show right now. It might be 318 if you're on the East Coast. Might be midnight, a little after midnight on the West Coast. We got you. Doesn't matter. Find me on Twitter at jmartzone. 
We're going to have some fun tonight. This is the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. We actually hung our stockings last night. There you go. In our household. First year, obviously, because we've only been married for a couple of months now. So I actually did the stocking hanging. She did the stocking buying. We decided we were not going to put our names on them because maybe we would want them for the kids. That was something that her mother suggested that she agreed with. And I'm like, okay. Big change is coming in the Martin household. That's clear. If you want to hear something amazing, that's amazing. But Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limit to how much we'll match. Millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. Usually I don't bring in the crew this early, but I should be doing that anyway. I want this to be more of a conversational kind of group chat. Even though I know I guess my name, the name of the show, it's still weird. I know that a lot of people on Fox and a lot of people across media have shows with a name on them. It still sounds weird every time I hear it. Like, I would not want to hear it. I, I don't know. Maybe it's the same thing as not kind of loving the sound of your own voice and everybody else saying, hey, you have a great voice. And you're like, really? I can't stand my voice. Even if I'm making a living with it. 
But I do want to bring in the crew on this just because this topic is fascinating. And even though the West Coast is not college football mecca exactly, unless USC is in the news, which they kind of are, but not because they're involved in the college football playoff Not for good reasons. Yeah, exactly. And maybe we'll get there. But Ohio State, LSU. We know what Ohio State did. They struggled against Wisconsin, but came back and won the game. Justin Fields had a great second half. I think Wisconsin had less than 20 yards or less than 25 yards in the second half. Ohio State was better, and we knew that anyway. LSU's wins this season. They beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. They absolutely annihilated Georgia in the SEC title game. They beat Auburn. They beat Florida. They beat Texas when people thought Texas was actually good. And then you look at what Ohio State did going through the Big Ten. They didn't play the FCS opponent that LSU did this year. Their margin of error was, or their margin of victory was bigger than LSU's against top 25 teams. They beat five, LSU beat four, but they're both undefeated. Heisman Trophy winner, I think, without any question, resides in Baton Rouge. If there was any doubt at all, which I don't think there even was going into the game yesterday, he erased it with that performance against Georgia. But if you had a vote, and luckily both these teams are going to get their opportunity, but one has to be on the top line and one's going to be on that secondary line, probably matched up with Clemson. Who do you have one and who do you have two? And did it change for you yesterday or has it always been the same? We can start with Chris. I don't think it's changed for me, and I still believe number one for me is Ohio State. Uh, I know people are going to say, okay, they struggled with Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a really good team. I know that... We seem to only reserve the that if you struggle with a team, it's only a positive. If you're in the SEC, that seems to be a thing we keep doing. But Wisconsin is really good. They've tripped up, you know, Michigan. They demolished Minnesota. Uh, they they're they're meant to confound these kind of teams. And when I look between Ohio State and LSU, there is a excellence in LSU I cannot deny. But I have questions sometimes about their defense. Whereas when I look at Ohio State. You know, they've they've run through now Wisconsin and Penn State and Michigan and any and all comers, and they just they, they just seem on a different level when they are playing at their height. Maybe they were just a little bored today. I don't know, but I know that's not going to be the case come uh, January. Like, they're, they're going to be ready to play, and when that the Buckeyes are firing at full cylinders, I don't think there's any team in the country that can hang with them. Okay. Uh, I would disagree with that. I would also say that how can you be bored when you saw what LSU did to Georgia and knew, okay, we need to be impressive now if we want this number one spot? I don't think that reflects as well on Ohio State either. I always read David Hale's piece at ESPN where he kind of looks through the entire day of college football, and it comes out really early on Sunday mornings. We just read this from his piece. He said the top of the article or the title of the article is, Sorry, Ohio State and Clemson LSU true number one is LSU's defense good enough to win it all answer for sure there's an adjustment period for any defense when the offense starts scoring the way LSU has this season the tempo changes the approach changes the foundation of what LSU wanted to do defensively changed but Stingley meaning Derek Stingley still a superstar Grant Delpit still a first round NFL talent Dave Aranda still know how to coach still knows how to coach him up they're hitting their stride at just the right time is ohio state number one answer nope that's no knock on the buckeyes but their game saturday showed flaws we hadn't seen before showed strengths too to come back and erase that wisconsin lead to pull away 
Still, this is nitpicking time. Comparing the resumes of Ohio State and LSU requires a magnifying glass. The slow start against Wisconsin is enough to push LSU with wins over Texas, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, and Georgia into the top spot. There are three really there are three teams that you could try to argue all could be number one because they're all undefeated. None of them have a bunch of common opponents you can point to and say, oh, well, they did this to this team and this to this team. So you have to go real transitive property, which that's not a thing. Clemson can only point to the fact they're the defending champions. They just didn't have a schedule that would put them at number one and that very close shave against North Carolina and just a couple of subpar first halves early in the season. You want to talk about a team that was bored. Clemson's been bored all year long. Now they're not going to be bored because they're playing against some other great opponents. Ohio State, I had said for weeks, even though when we've done our top 10 on this show to open the second hour, which we've done for the last nine weeks, I've had LSU number one from the very beginning. And some people had it curious for the first few weeks, then they started to understand. After the Florida game, people started to get it. And then it just continued. And what they did in Tuscaloosa can't be denied. I look at Ohio State going into Tuscaloosa and I say, would they have done that? I don't know. Well, we're not going to get the opportunity to find out either. So it's hypothetical. So I'm not going to say no, they would have lost because I have no idea. I don't think their offense is LSU's offense. I would take Ohio State's defense over LSU's defense. But I do think LSU's defense has woken up a bit and has gotten used to the tempo, just as Hale mentions in his article. This LSU offense is unprecedented. We've never seen anything quite like it. Even across the SEC and some of the offenses and the more dominant quarterbacks we've seen, Joe Burrow has probably gone so far as to supplant what we saw from Cam Newton the year Auburn won it all. At least close. No, you know what? Not close. He has been better than what we've seen from Cam Newton. Now he's got to finish it off in order for it to be remembered that way. But in terms of regular season, when's the last time you've seen something this dominant from a guy? that's had this kind of a schedule. And Ohio State on the other side, Justin Fields is phenomenal. J.K. Dobbins is phenomenal. We know what Young is on defense. I don't think Wisconsin's that great. I think they're what they usually are, which is sort of dangerous, limited offensively, except that they can run the ball. They always have a running back. And Taylor's fantastic. And the defense is usually competent. But they get into the Big Ten title game, and how often do they get trucked by 30? Last night, they lost by 13 and had a two-touchdown lead going into the third quarter. Ohio State's better, and it proved itself out, and Wisconsin kind of vomited on themselves in the third quarter. And once that fumbled punt happened, or the fumbled snap and they lost the ball, you just knew it was over right there, even if you were still doubting before that point. And once Ohio State scored the first touchdown in the second half, it was over. You just knew it because one team was far better than the other. So Chris is going with Ohio State, which is, you know, fair. Wrong, but fair. All right, Eric, where would you go on the Ohio State versus LSU debate? I'm going with LSU, and I think I've been with LSU for the majority of the season. I just I've, I fall back onto who they've, who they've beaten. Um, like you mentioned earlier, going into Alabama and being Alabama and Nick Saban and Tuscaloosa isn't something many people do. They've been Florida. They've been Auburn. The SEC, you know, isn't a— is in a cake for most for most teams, and you know they put up thirty seven on on Georgia today, or w- depending on when you're listening to this. Yeah, I um, mean that's not something that Georgia has done or has given up many times this season. 
I think they might have given up more than 30 or so, or 20, like maybe once or twice all year long. So the offense is there, and I, I think LSU should be number one. I mean, it's a 1A, 1B situation for sure. Um, it's been a while since you have two and even three throwing Clemson, three outstanding teams. And, you know, you throw in a fourth, and Oklahoma isn't a, a rollover either. So, But I think it's going to be LSU 1, Ohio State number 2. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to put LSU at one. I think that they should. One thing that needs to be mentioned about the thirty, you know, the points, the thirty-seven points that LSU put up against Georgia in the SEC title game. Georgia, since nineteen ninety-two, had given up just the fourth fewest points in SEC play that we've seen from another SEC defense. They'd given up, I think it was ninety. It was either eighty-eight or ninety total points to SEC opponents through the regular season, which was fourth. Over the past, you know, 27 years. And then they gave up 37 to LSU on Saturday. Almost half their season total LSU did in four quarters against them in Georgia's home state. Didn't beat them. Crushed them. Annihilated them. Embarrassed them to the point where... And I want to thank them for this. I needed to screen tonight's Watchmen so I could get a piece written. And I needed to get to the Mandalorian episode five so that I could write on that. And they made that thing such a laugher that I was able to actually get that done and still be able to tune in for the Big Ten and ACC title games. So I appreciate LSU giving me a good bit of that second half when you realized it was out of reach to finish up the other work that I had to do. We need to go to Los Angeles now, and let's talk to Brian Finley, and let's find out the latest in the world of sports, which, of course, a lot of it is college football. And, Brian, I want your opinion as well on the LSU versus Ohio State number one debate. Absolutely. So I'm going with LSU. I'm a little suspect of their defense, particularly their, their run defense. They gave up over 600 yards to Ole Miss, 200 yards on the ground to their quarterback. But no longer is LSU game manager you. At quarterback, And so I think that you just have such a, a better, more talented, more well-rounded quarterback in Joe Burrow than Justin Fields. I just think you can't deny the fact that he is just one echelon higher than Fields and why well, I'm giving the Tigers the nod. All right. <laughs> All right, so let's I get... like it. Yeah. So number one, Ohio State, 27 unanswered points in that second half yesterday to blitz number eight, Wisconsin, 34-21, claim the Big Ten championship. Justin Fields, three touchdown passes. Head coach Ryan Day afterwards trying to sweet talk his way into getting that top seed in the playoff. When you look at the wins we've had, uh, we beat Wisconsin when they're a top 10 team twice. Three games in a row we play like this to win the way we did and to show the character of the, of the way we won. You know, we've, we've won some big games this year. We've got up on teams. And, you know, it's kind of easy when things are going well. Right. Things went, didn't go well today. We won an ugly game, and I think it shows the character right. of this team. Third-ranked Clemson trounces, trounces number 23 Virginia 62-17 to to take home the ACC title. Trevor Lawrence, four touchdown passes. Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney afterwards said he doesn't care what seed they'll be in the playoff, but he thinks probably number three again. Of course, those rankings come out later today. Number two, LSU destroys number four, Georgia, 37-10 to to win the SEC championship. Joe Burrow glowing with four scores. And Lane Kiffin returning to the SEC as he will become the head coach for Ole Miss. Sixth-ranked Oklahoma 
hangs on and beats number seven Baylor 30 to 23 in overtime to capture the Big 12 championship. And the Bears were left with a third string quarterback in Jacob Zenu at the end there as injuries were ravaging the other quarterbacks. Meanwhile, Memphis head coach Mike Norvell, according to reports, taking the Florida State head coaching job. The Tigers, by the way, beat the Cincinnati Bearcats 29-24 to yesterday to take home the AAC title. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Jason Martin and the Geico Fox Sports Studios. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by Geico. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Some people tweeting me at jmartzone. That's where you can have your say, LSU versus Ohio State. Or if you want to make the Clemson argument, you can. Who would you put number one? Who would you put number two in the college football playoff? We will find out who the committee puts in those slots today, later on this evening. And you can also call us at 877 on Fox. Here's something you might not have thought about. The guy that might have had the hardest Saturday, Nick Saban. If you don't put that second on the clock that he was so angry about, rightfully so, that led to the Auburn field goal that turned out to be enough and really turned out to be the game winner, that was the difference in the game. If you don't do that, then on Saturday... After Utah loses to Oregon and Oklahoma escapes Baylor, it comes down to Oklahoma versus a one-loss, or pardon me, a two-loss Alabama team where the losses came where it would have been one, really, because of Auburn, but they still wouldn't have gotten the SEC title game. So it would have been a one-loss team if they had beaten Auburn, right? If that hadn't happened and they beat Auburn then their only loss would have been to the SEC champion greatest offense we've seen in I don't know how long in LSU where they came back and lost in a very close game against that team. That would have been their loss. That would have been their resume against an Oklahoma team that had lost to Kansas State, nearly got beaten by Baylor twice, had to fight off Iowa State and fight off TCU. Alabama might have been number four. With Georgia losing, with Utah losing, and with Oklahoma not throttling Baylor. One second on the clock that was given off that replay to Auburn that led to that field goal might have been the difference between Alabama getting into the playoff and Oklahoma making it, which is what we're likely to see here in a few hours. As a matter of fact, not likely. I have no idea what the other argument would be. Some people are trying to make the Oregon argument right now. Can't do that. You can try to go back and say we shouldn't have played Auburn. We should have played nobody. We should have played the equivalent of a Western Carolina or something like that in the first game of the season. But they did play Auburn. They lost that game. But that game wouldn't have killed them, folks. The one that killed them was going to Tempe and losing to Arizona State. I know it's in conference, but you went and lost to Arizona State after they hadn't won a game in a month. That's the one that cost you. Not the Auburn game. The Auburn loss was not a bad loss. We were all talking about how that loss should be factored differently because it was the first game. It was on a neutral site. It was kind of a fluke way that that game played out. Oregon could have won it, probably should have won it, outplayed them throughout most of it, all that. The excuses were there for the Auburn game, and deservedly so. But the Arizona State game, bruh, period. 
bruh, exclamation point. Alabama, man, one second just shows how small the margin of error can sometimes be. 877 on Fox. You can tweet me at jmartzone. We'll be right back after this break here on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Well, Christmas in Hollis. This play is coming back from every break. Want to hear something amazing? Other than Christmas in Hollis, Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically. No limit to how much will match. Millions of people a year are getting their cash back match. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more. Website discover.com slash cash back match. Jason Martin Show. I'm Jay Mart on Twitter at jmartzone. 877 on Fox 996-6369. Tell you reach us or you can tweet me. A little bit more just numbers and stats and things to throw out about this LSU-Ohio State debate, which, look, it's going to get settled. It's not going to settle the debate in people's minds. Whoever gets it, they're the other side or those that go the other way are going to continue to argue. But the committee's going to make the decision, and then it'll just be lamenting the decision or agreeing with it. Ohio State, Cincinnati, Wisconsin twice, Penn State, Michigan. LSU. Texas, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, Georgia. 
Ohio State played exactly one of those five games that I just mentioned on the road. One at a neutral site, of course, the Wisconsin win. The second Wisconsin win. The other three were home wins. LSU won two on the road. One at a neutral site over Georgia in Georgia's home state, though. And then two at home. And there is nothing more impressive probably in college football all year than LSU going to Tuscaloosa and beating Tua, who was on the field, and the way he played in the second half in particular. But beating Alabama's offense at full strength, still beating them and doing it on the road, no win in college football matches up to that one. And the throttling of the team that was ranked number four. Now, you can certainly argue that Georgia was overranked, Because the loss to South Carolina should have put them beneath some other teams. Because that loss was bad. But it was a Georgia team that had beaten Auburn, Florida, and Notre Dame. And it was a Georgia team that had given up 90 points against SEC opponents combined all year entering yesterday. So one more road win in the key victories for LSU than Ohio State. And one of those road wins, one of those two road wins for LSU was at Alabama. You look at the resume. I said that it's clear that LSU is number one. Some people took umbrage with that and said, no, it's not clear. You could maybe argue it one way or the other, but it's not clear. Well, I've just spent the better part of an hour arguing it back and forth. Best way to argue any point is to be able to argue both sides of it to know what your opposition is going to say and be able to thwart that or understand where that's coming from. So you're not either caught off guard by it or you haven't reasoned it yourself. And Ohio State does have a case. There's no question about that. I just think LSU's case is a hair stronger, a bit stronger. The good news for all of us is it's a moot point except for who these teams are going to play in the college football playoff semifinals. And one thing that we can certainly all agree upon, which I said in the first segment is, let's just get a competitive trio of games that we can just absolutely love because we just have not gotten that. It's been few and far between the good ball games that we've gotten out of the college football playoff. Ones I can remember recently, we got that Oklahoma-Georgia game where Baker Mayfield was matching up and they ended up losing. But man, what a football game that was. We got both the Clemson-Alabama games, except for this past years. We got the both the Deshaun-Watson games, I guess I should say. The one Clemson lost where Deshaun played out of his gourd and then the one Clemson won after Jalen Hurts scored with about two minutes left and then Clemson scored the winning touchdown with like six seconds left on the pick play to Hunter Renfro. And then we got, and even in that game, the first half wasn't that good. The Georgia-Alabama game that Tua ended up coming into the game and saving, which has that historic finish, first two and a half quarters of that were not very good. And it got good down the stretch. But we have three great football teams here in Clemson, Ohio State, and LSU, however you want to slot them. And look, I know I I feel like I'm sliding uh, Oklahoma again. Maybe I am, but they're going to get their opportunity too. 
we got three unbelievable teams and then a fourth team that's pretty daggone good too. Can we get all of these teams playing at a high level and just get a whale of an experience? I think that's what we want. You can continue to tweet me at jmartzone your thoughts. LSU won, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3. That's how I've got it. Disagree with me? Make your case. I think LSU, with what they did to Georgia, proved their point after Ohio State struggled a bit against Wisconsin. When we come back, paying running backs in the NFL. I want to look at the teams that are winning and something that they have in common. It shouldn't come as a surprise. We'll be right back on Fox. Second hour of the program, we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. It is the Jason Martin Show here on FSR. I'm Jay Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzoon. Do the show out of Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. We're brought to you by Geico here. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Brian, Eric, and Chris, my crew, my trifecta, they're spinning the Dodge Radio style for me out in L.A., They'll help me break down big week in the NFL, big Sunday and Monday in the NFL. We'll do that next hour as we always do. 877-99 on Fox. That's 996-6369. It's how you reach this program. Or you can tweet me, as many of you are, at jmartzone. So I want to step away from college football for a little bit. Usually we do a top 10 to open hour number two. I don't know that it's that necessary right now because I honestly don't care. I'm seeing arguments like, why would you have... I saw Joel Klatt put out his top 10, which he usually does right around the same time I do, actually. And had Georgia at five, and people are upset. They want Penn State at five, and Georgia's super un, super overrated and all this kind of stuff. That's splitting hairs for me. At this point, there are four teams and four slots that matter. The rest of this, to me, is useless, worthless, nothing. Like, you go to the Rose Bowl and win it, okay, whatever. Those games will be fun to watch. Ultimately, what does that really matter, except for the guys that that don't have any more of a future in the NFL or just alumni that want that extra win, I guess. It's cool that you get the extra month of practice time and things of that nature. That's why it's relevant. The game itself, a lot of times one of the teams doesn't show up. Now, in the Rose Bowl, we've gotten some really good matchups, and I hope we get another good one, and we probably will. But there are four teams and three games that really matter here. Let me go even further and tell you that if I'm Alabama's wide receivers, if I'm Judy or if I'm Ruggs, these guys that are first-rounders guaranteed, why in the world am I going to play in the Capital One Bowl or the Citrus Bowl or whatever it's called now when I don't have a chance to win a national championship, when our season's basically a wrap? I'm not saying I'm quitting on my team, but why would I do that? The only thing that I win is just another bowl game that's not that important. And what I could lose is astronomically huge. I'm always in favor of the Christian McCaffrey method, the Leonard Fournette method. You got to protect yours. I mean, you think about the meat grinder that is the NFL and how once you're done, you're done and they just boot you out and that's it. It can be kind of a cold business in that regard. So I'm never upset when guys get paid. I might say that I wouldn't have paid them what they're worth, but more power to them. There's always that joke about how much much how much money Sam Bradford has made. More power to Sam Bradford. I'm glad he was able to make that money. He fleeced some teams, but I'm glad he was able to do what he had to do. Because it's a tough gig. And a thankless gig 
at the end. Speaking of money in the NFL, I was thinking about this all week. And I want to look at the top of each division in the NFL, AFC and then NFC. I want to name those teams for you, give you their records, and then I want to tell you about something that I've noticed about those 16 teams of the 32 that reside in the National Football League. We'll start with the AFC East, where the Patriots are 10-2 and two and the Bills are 9-3. and three. In the AFC North, the Ravens are 10 and 2, the Steelers are 7 and 5. In the South, the Texans are 8 and 4 and the Titans nipping at their heels at 7 and 5. In the AFC West, the Chiefs are 8 and 4 and the Oakland Raiders are 6 and 6. So we'll stop right there and then we'll do the NFC afterwards. 8 teams: Patriots, Bills, Ravens, Steelers, Texans, Titans, Chiefs, Raiders. What do those eight teams have in common? Other than that they're at the top of their divisions or near the top of their divisions. All of them at least 500. With the exception of the Raiders, all of them are over 500. Raiders are 6 and 6. But what do those teams have in common? Let me say it one more time, and I'm going to give you just a couple of seconds to think it think it through. I hate when, don't you hate it when somebody asks a question and answers it before they give you a time to think about it? So let me tell you the teams one more time. Patriots, Bills, Ravens, Steelers, Texans, Titans, Chiefs, Raiders. Those are the eight best records in the AFC right now. The top two teams in each division. Yes, the Colts are 6-6 six and six and the Raiders are 6-6, six and six, but the Colts are third in the South. What those eight teams have in common is that none of them, zero, are paying exorbitant money for a top-flight A-plus running back. Patriots never pay for running backs. Bills ain't paying for a running back. Ravens paid a little bit of money to Mark Ingram, but not like Todd Gurley's Zeke money. And they've got Lamar Jackson running the football as well. And, of course, he's on a rookie deal. The Steelers let their running back go. And they're still in the playoff chase with Connor and his backup. The Texans brought in Duke Johnson. And they had Lamar Miller. Titans have Derrick Henry, who is a top-flight running back right now by the numbers. But he's not being paid like one yet. The Chiefs, Kareem Hunt's gone for other reasons. But who do they pay big money to? And the Raiders have a rookie in Josh Jacobs. None of them paid big money for running backs. The Jets paid big money for a running back, and they're 4-8. Just as one example. The Chargers still have Melvin Gordon. They're 4-8. So that's just the AFC. The top eight records right now. None of them paid huge money for a running back. Now to the NFC. Same exercise. There will be a couple of changes here. 
But there are caveats as well. In the NFC East, the top two records, and we now know the NFC East ain't just bad, it's whew, putrid. Like, near the end of the decade, NFC West putrid. Like, can we please change the rules so one of these teams doesn't have to make the playoffs putrid? The top two teams in the NFC East, the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles, neither one of them with a 500 record now that Dallas lost to Chicago on Thursday night. Six and seven, they're at the top of the division. That's how bad that division is, folks. Packers, Vikings, top two teams in the North. Saints, Bucks. Top two teams in the South with the Panthers also there, I guess, because the Bucks and Panthers are tied, but the Bucks actually have the nod due to head-to-head. And then Seahawks and Niners atop the NFC West. Niners paid money to Jarek McKinnon. He's not even on the field. They've got Matt Breida. Seattle's got Carson and Penny. Not exactly household names. Falcons had Devontae Freeman, and they paid him respectable money. They're at the bottom of the South. The Saints let Mark Ingram go. They've got Kamara, but they haven't paid him big money. Who are the Bucks paying? You're talking about like Ronald Jones down there. Green Bay's got a really good running back in Aaron Jones, but he's not being paid a ton of money. Vikings have a great running back in Dalvin Cook. He hasn't cashed in yet. The Eagles aren't paying big money for a running back right now. The Cowboys paid a ton of money to Ezekiel Elliott to currently sit at 6-7. and seven, And only because the rest of their division is that horrific can they actually have a chance to make the playoffs. So when you go through all 16 of the teams right now that are in position to do something playoff-related... And I guess you could look at maybe the Bears and, you know, seven and six in the north. Things could happen there. But who of those teams are paying running backs? And then you think about who is paying running backs. Arizona Cardinals paid David Johnson a lot of money. You know what their record is? They're three and eight. Rams paid Ty Gurley a truckload. They're seven and five. Three games behind both the Seahawks and the Niners in their division. We know, like I mentioned, the Le'Veon Bell situation. And then there's one other example, and this one is a bit from a different place. The New York Giants paid for a running back because they sold off the opportunity to draft the quarterback of the future in order to draft Saquon Barkley, number two overall. Saquon Barkley is an elite football player at that position. We know what he is capable of doing. The New York Giants are 2-10. 2-10. Two and ten. Two and ten. The New York Giants sold their opportunity at a future for a running back. If you are paying for a running back, if you're paying respectable to big money, especially if you're going over 10 mil for a running back, you might be insane. If you're going over 12, you definitely are. There is some, there's a drop-off between 
I can't remember who it is, and Devontae Freeman, where the guy that's number four on the list or number five on the list is making 13 mil, and Devontae Freeman's making eight and a half. So there's a middle ground there. But the two wins for the Giants this year are at Tampa Bay by one point and against the woeful Washington Redskins at home. They've lost eight in a row. And the schedule hadn't even been that good. Those losses include the Lions, the Cowboys isn't all that impressive, the Jets, the Bears, the Cardinals. They've lost all these games. I'm not saying these are wins. They've lost these games. If you don't have a quarterback, it is malpractice to spend major assets on a running back. The way I would suggest you look at it is, the quarterback is the thing that you need. It's the necessity. It's the roof over your head or the food and water that keep you alive. It's the bare necessity. It's the thing that you must have in order to succeed for any real length of time. The only way you can survive is to have a quarterback. If you've watched the NFL for longer than three weeks, you know this. The running back is the luxury. It's the toy you wanted that cost too much money for your parents to get it for you when you were a kid. Now, it's the Lamborghini that you wish you could have that you can't afford. Or the house that you can't afford that's in the upscale neighborhood as opposed to your nice, but not as upscale as you want it to be. Because everybody wants more, right? But there are always, there's always going to be something that you want. The best way to stop spending money on frivolous stuff is to realize you're never going to have it all. There's always going to be another next thing. The worst argument to have with yourself is, if only I get this, I'm never going to want anything else again. Because let me tell you what a huge lie that is. You get home with that brand spanking new iPad or Surface or whatever it is that hits your spot within five minutes you're already thinking of either accessories for that thing or just the next thing but the luxury can't if you are living your life for the luxuries and overlooking the necessities you are setting yourself up for gigantic failure running backs in 2019 are luxuries they are not necessities and the new york giants because of their quarterback spot at the time that they chose to draft Saquon Barkley made a grave error because they went for the luxury over the necessity. So the question now is out there because I'm in Nashville and Derrick Henry's tearing it up. What's going to happen with Derrick Henry? Boy, you've got to keep him. You've got to pay him whatever he wants. No, you absolutely do not unless you think Ryan Tannehill is the future at quarterback. You have to have the money there. You have to make sure that everything's allocated properly. You shouldn't go blow money on whatever your toy of choice is. Well, to say, you don't go buy a Lexus if you haven't been able to pay your medical bills. If you haven't paid your power bill, it doesn't matter if you go buy that $3,000 Mac, Power Mac, iMac, 
because when you get it home and plug it in, the lights are off and it's not going to turn on anyway. Priorities matter in this world. And the 16 teams that currently sit atop the NFL, virtually none, and the one example that you can point to that has paid for a running back doesn't even have a 500 record. The ones that happen to have a good running back that are in that position, it's because that player is young or has not cashed in yet because they bloomed late. Weren't used right for a year or two, whatever, like in the case of Aaron Jones. None of the teams that broke the bank for the Le'Veon Bells of the world are finding themselves in good shape as it relates to playing in the postseason. That is not me stating an opinion. That is not a hot take. That is not even a lukewarm take. That is backed up by pure fact. And so whatever your football team is, if your debate on your sports media of choice and your fan boards and all of those things centers around, we got to pay a running back, run for the hills unless your quarterback is solidified for the next half decade. Because if not, you're going to go through some lean years, bro. I promise you that. 877-99 on Fox or on Twitter at jmartzone. We'll be right back here on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. 
Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Seven dust. It's Christmas-related, apparently. It actually is. Isn't this song called Christmas Day? Christmas Day, yep. I don't really think it is Christmas-related. It's in the system. It's under the Christmas music. <laughs> Uh, I'm here for it, but that's interesting. I like Seven Dust anyway, or I liked a few of their records. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limit to how much will match. Millions of people a year are getting their cash back matched. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. So you heard that, and it was... As objective as an opinion can get, which I know sounds ridiculous, but there is no evidence to back up the fact that paying a running back pays off right now in the NFL. None. Zero. If you ask the Cowboys, they would probably still pay Zeke, but I don't know that that was a good decision. Even if we all thought at the time, maybe it was. Todd Gurley, you don't even need truth serum for the Rams. All you got to do is get them in a closed room and make sure that they know there's no microphones there and they'll tell you, tell you, yeah, we got that wrong. And they doubled it up by doing the other thing you can't do, which is paying the wrong quarterback. You want a mea culpa? I'll give you one. I argued after they paid Jared Goff that even if you believed him to be a system quarterback because of how well he was flourishing under Sean McVay's system, it didn't matter because that system could win a Super Bowl. Maybe not. Maybe so. But right now, it doesn't look very good. And then Le'Veon Bell. Adam Gase is a problem, yes. The Jets are not good. I, I, I still believe in Sam Darnold for some reason. But that has not paid off. Now, they had a quarterback that maybe they bought into that they thought was the future and may still be. But they may have gotten the coach thing wrong, which you also can't do. But they had a quarterback on a rookie deal so they could afford to pay a little bit of a running back. There's a huge argument in Nashville right now that's raging daily as to how to find a way to keep Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry in town. In town, Which makes me laugh every time I think about it because just the sheer fact that Titans fans are panicked that Ryan Tannehill could leave shows how bonkers the NFL can be from year to year. Because Tannehill's only lost once as a starter, and he's got the Titans in position to control their own destiny and win the AFC South if they're able to handle business against the Texans in their two matchups that are still to come. And if they beat the Raiders, putting themselves in the spot for that second wild card alongside Pittsburgh. But if you're paying a running back, you're doing it wrong. Ron Rivera is out in Carolina, and Ron Rivera is a good coach but probably needed a change of scenery. Will land somewhere else and probably needs to land somewhere where there are maturity issues or whether there are large-sized personalities that need some help. Because Rivera is hes a mature guy. He's been around. He's a veteran guy. He's a smart guy. I'm not suggesting where that team should be, but if you ask me, to do it right now, I would say Freddie Kitchen should be out the door 
and Rivera might be one of the guys I'm looking at in Cleveland. McCarthy will probably factor into this in some role as well. But you've got Rivera out, and you've got Jerry Jones dropping expletives following Thursday night football because of the Dallas Cowboys losing to the Bears and what's going to happen with Jason Garrett. I don't see any reason and any way that Jerry Jones keeps Jason Garrett at this point short of a Super Bowl victory for the Cowboys. I saw Mike Freeman of Bleacher Report say the same thing after the Thanksgiving loss to the Bills. Dak Prescott had another decent statistical game, but a lot of those yards were garbage yards. That was a bad loss against the Bears. A bad enough loss that it allowed Mike Florio to tweet out from Pro Football Talk, the Trubisky haters are getting awfully quiet now. Shut up, man. They're getting, I mean, have you seen who the Bears have beaten? The Trubisky haters are not quiet. The Trubisky haters just don't need to say anything anymore because the point's already been made. Worst thing could possibly happen to the Bears is to win enough games to find a way to keep Trubisky or to, or to keep your hope alive that he's the guy. Jeff Schwartz told me the worst thing could happen to the Titans is for them to keep winning and find a way to pay Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill, who many analytics and many you know, cap experts and folks say is going to be the most highly sought after free agent quarterback coming on the market in the offseason. That is stunning considering Miami getting rid of him and paying part of his salary to get him out of town. And in a relatively short sample size, I think it also shows the quality of everybody else. This Tannehill has played really well, and his passer rating is top five in the NFL over this stretch since he took over for Marcus Mariota. But you look at Rivers, probably done. Dalton, eh. He's basically Tyrod Taylor. He's that kind of player. Maybe in the right system, he would. I mean, if he was in Chicago, that would be interesting to me, but he's not going to change your franchise's fortunes. Mariota, look, maybe a second act, maybe he goes to Chicago and that works out. I don't know. Maybe he goes to the Chargers and somehow that works out. Cam, probably never going to be the same again. Not even sure what his level of interest is in playing long term. He just seems like the fun was taken out of it for him. And look, when you're not feeling good and you're banged up and you just know your body's wrong, that sucks. I've thought about this before and said it before. Maybe you can back this up. But like when you've got something wrong with your mouth, like if your tooth aches or if you've bitten your lip or something like that, when your mouth is wrong, your whole body is wrong. And it just it, it affects everything else. Like your days are miserable if your mouth hurts. Well, just imagine Cam Newton and what he's used to and what he believed himself to be, and he wasn't wrong. That Superman-like figure at Auburn and just how big and strong he was and an arm like a cannon and the way he could run over people and everything else, and now his body's not allowing it and he doesn't have that mobility and he's not winning and he doesn't seem to have the accuracy on his throws because he's not able to step in strongly on that leg. So many things... And I don't know how much longer he would want to play under that unless he's 100%. And then there's Bridgewater. And Bridgewater might, he maybe should be the top of that list. The Saints may not let him go because they know Drew Brees is coming to the end of his career. Probably not this year, but we're getting there. I mean, the Saints are certainly 
you know, a playoff team, and they're very good. But Bridgewater was great when Breeze was out. And it looks like he could cash in, but maybe they find a way to keep him. So that's what you're seeing there. And then there's Jason Garrett. You can always pay a great quarterback. You can never overpay the right one, but you can easily overpay the wrong one. And you can easily squander the right one with the wrong one on the sidelines. Dak Prescott deserves his money. He has proved it this year. He has proven doubters wrong. I had him as mediocre. I was wrong. He's good. Zeke hasn't forgotten how to play football. I still think think Kellen Moore knows what he's doing. But the Jason Garrett thing has been... We've, We've figured this out a long time ago. The windows in the NFL, you must take advantage of a rookie quarterback deal because once a good rookie quarterback or a guy in his first few years that flourishes is going to cash in, once he cashes in, you're not going to be able to surround him with all the talent that you had before. You're going to have to make concessions to pay the quarterback that you otherwise wouldn't have to when he's young. You think about the Rams, the window with Goff. Now they've had to pay Goff. And they've had to cut bait with a couple of guys, and they're going to have to lose a few more this offseason. The Jacksonville Jaguars paid the wrong quarterback twice. When I said you could pay the wrong quarterback, the Bortles deal was atrocious, and the Foles deal looks awful. Nick Foles, who won't be starting the next game for the Jaguars because they're going back to Gardner Minshew after putting foals up for like 80-some million dollars that no one else was going to match. Bidding against themselves. Foolishness. So you look at that, and then you even look at the Bears and their defense, Jacksonville and their defense. The Bears don't seem to have a window right now with Trubisky at their quarterback. The Jacksonville situation, that window has closed. But you've squandered Jared Goff's rookie deal when you had everything around him. If the Chiefs don't cash in pretty soon, eventually they're once they have to pay Mahomes record money, it's going to be a lot tougher to keep some of those tertiary pieces around. And then you look at Dak Prescott in Dallas. Now that they paid Zeke, they're going to have to pay Amari Cooper or lose him, which I can't imagine you would let happen. They've got defenders that they need to pay. And then Dak's going to command somewhere around, look, you think about Wentz making around $33 million a year and Goff making what he's making at $34 million a year. If I'm Dak, I'm not taking a cent less than that. Not now. Not after what I've seen. Not after how I've played. And here's another argument if I'm Dak's agent or if I'm just watching this from afar as a sports talk radio host, as I am. Carson Wentz. Maybe a system guy, right? Foles won under Peterson. As soon as he left, Foles has been atrocious with Jacksonville. Wentz has never won a playoff game, but one season was enough for them to think they had their guy. Jared Goff, probably a system guy, right? Wasn't good under Fisher, was good for a year under McVay, now not as good. I don't think Jimmy G is very good unless he's in a system with Kyle Shanahan. 
Because we saw how Nick Mullins played last year. Those guys flourished in large part because of the genius on their sidelines. Then you have a perfect marriage of somebody like Mahomes and Andy Reid, where Mahomes is great and Andy Reid is great. And that's how you win Super Bowls. As long as you don't blow it in other ways. Or run into New England in January. But consider Dak Prescott for a second. How do you feel about Jason Garrett? How have you felt about Jason Garrett for three years, at least? Maybe longer. Dak Prescott's biggest argument for pay me the money, show me the money if you want to go Jerry Maguire style, is that he has done what he has done this season in spite of inferior coaching on the sidelines. Flat bad coaching on the sidelines. And Dak is still doing what Dak is doing. Pay that man. Let's go out to Brian Finley. Let's get a look at what happened last night in the world of sports, B. Thank you, Jason. The college football playoff seeds will come out later today. And yesterday, we got some more clarity on to potentially those four teams to make it. Number one, Ohio State certainly in the 27 unanswered points they had in the second half, helping them take down the number eight Wisconsin squad. 34-21 to take the Big Ten championship. Justin Fields had three touchdown passes. The Buckeyes were down 21-7 at halftime. Third-ranked Clemson blowtorches number 23 Virginia 67-17 to in the ACC title. Trevor Lawrence does it once again. Four touchdown passes. Three of those going to T. Higgins. Four scores. The Tigers have won 28 games in a row. Second-ranked LSU waxes number four Georgia 37-10 to to grab the SEC championship. Joe Burrow four scores. He was asked afterwards if this performance coordinates him as the Heisman winner. You've got a couple weeks off before you play again, but before that you have a Heisman Trophy presentation. Do you feel like you put a campaign together to bring that trophy home? You know, that's for other people to decide. You know, we we put the film out. We, we're 13-0. That's all that matters to me. But when he's around his friends and away from the cameras, he says, oh, yeah, it's mine. A sixth-ranked Oklahoma takes care of number 7 Baylor 30-23 to in overtime to win the Big 12 championship. The Bears had to go to a third-string quarterback, Jacob Zeno, at the end. Injuries had ravaged the other quarterbacks. The Sooners now with three consecutive 12-win seasons. According to reports, Memphis head coach Mike Norvell is on his way to take the Florida State head coaching job. But yesterday, he led the Tigers to a 29-24 victory over Cincinnati to claim the AAC crown. Boise State just baffles Hawaii to win the Mountain West Championship, and Appalachian State hangs on to take the Sun Belt title. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Jason Martin. Thanks, Brian. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. This is the Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. You can find me on Twitter, of course, at jmartzone. So we're sitting here and we're looking at quarterbacks that, that might be out there and available and or just have futures that are a little bit in doubt. And then you look at big time contracts that are being paid in certain guys, and one of them is Joe Flacco, and it just it makes me very, very sad as a Denver Broncos fan. 
it does seem like most people have Mariota ending up with the Bears. James Winston may be out there as well. I don't know where he would land. I also don't know if he would land as a starter. Another really like weird story is that Eli Manning is going to play with rookie Jones with uh, Daniel Jones hitting that high ankle sprain. So Eli, it looked like his career was over, and he's going to at least get another game in this career. But as I told you, the Giants drafting Saquon Barkley is going to should go down as one of the all time mistakes for that franchise especially in the draft. And that is no slight on Saquon Barkley. It is a slight on making a decision as if the NFL has not changed in the past 25 to 30 years. And it has. Saquon Barkley isn't going to win you a Super Bowl without a quarterback. If Daniel Jones were to turn out to be the guy, then maybe we'd have a different debate. But that is very much in doubt with the number of fumbles that he has and the errant passing from time to time and the fact that that's a two-win football team. It'll be interesting to see when it's time to pay Saquon if the Giants actually pay him or let him plow his wares or ply his wares elsewhere. Find out what's actually out there and who it is that, that buys him up. If you want to see a team that's probably not going to be very good, watch this offseason and see who is offering and throwing big money at a running back. Because at this point, it is almost a signal, a blinking red light, a giant red flag that says we are desperate. We don't know what else to do. Or we've got a quarterback on a rookie deal. So I don't begrudge the Jets. That's exactly where I thought Le'Veon Bell was going to end up. Four and eights, not altogether absent of what we thought might happen with the Jets, too. I actually had them making the playoffs, but I did not think Adam Gase was a good hire. The other thing you can't do is get the coach thing wrong. Look at Dallas for that. Again, pay Dak because he's doing everything he's doing in spite of Jason Garrett, as opposed to some of these guys that have already gotten paid big money that are doing it many times because of what's on their sidelines including a guy in his own division in Carson Wentz. Cowboys 6-7 and seven still leading the NFC East. Can we please change the rule? If you aren't 500, you should not make the playoffs. By the way, you should also have to win more than six college football games to make a bowl. But I know that's all money. We all do. We all do this for money, including me here on this show. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. I'm Jason Martin, 877 on Fox to reach this show. Coming up, hour number three, we will, of course, Break down the entire NFL schedule, top to bottom, like we do every single Sunday, leading you into the end of the program. We'll be right back here on Fox Sports Radio. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. Wow, more seven dust. No, Not kidding. quite. No. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limit to how much will match. Millions of people a year getting their cash back match. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. I'm Jason Martin. Jason Martin show here on FSR finishing up second hour of three. We'll break down the NFL schedule for you in the third hour of the show and predict all the games. Craig tweets me at jmartzone. I have a question for you. In the draft Saquon Barkley was in, what quarterback should the Giants have selected with number two? And do you think they were already planning on drafting Daniel Jones the following year? Thanks. The second question is absolutely not. Can you imagine if the Giants were planning a year in advance to draft Daniel Jones? I was sitting there because the draft is here in Nashville. I was sitting in the green room and sitting in the press conference room, I guess I should say waiting for Kyler Murray and then Nick Bosa to come in and do press conferences so that we could cover them. We're sitting there, of course, we're watching the draft from here in the picks. And when the Giants selected Daniel Jones, I've never heard a room full of media types just, like, it was amazing. I can't duplicate the sound. But Daniel Jones, no one was really talking about until this year at all. Just like nobody was talking about Mitch Trubisky until the year that all of a sudden it was time for the Bears to come up and get him at two and pass on both Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So the draft Saquon Barkley was in the 2018 draft. That was a big-time quarterback draft, folks. Baker Mayfield went number one. Still think Baker is very good. A lot of toxic personalities there. 
Sam Darnold went number three. I would have taken him at number two if I was a Giants. I still like Sam Darnold. He's in a horrible franchise. Not that the Giants are much better, but I like Sam Darnold a lot. And I have not given up on him. The Bills took Josh Allen. They're nine and three right now. Playing the Ravens today. The Cardinals took Josh Rosen, who I also would have taken maybe if I was the Giants, because Rosen was known to be one of the most pro ready quarterbacks, maybe the most pro ready at the time. He went to Arizona, terrible, then ended up being traded to Miami, terrible. Or released to Miami. And then there was another quarterback that was taken at the very end of the first round with the final pick by the Baltimore Ravens, and his name is Lamar Jackson, and he's about to be the NFL MVP. So there was a long list that they could have taken. The Giants selected Saquon Barkley at two when they had Eli Manning, who we already knew at that point in time was not very good. He seemed already done. A couple of years ago, he seemed done. They took Kyle Laletta in the 2018 draft in the fourth round. That didn't work out, did it? You can't afford to take a running back at two when you've got Eli Manning at that point in his career as your starting quarterback. You just can't. But the other question is just comical. No, they did not think that they were not already looking to Daniel Jones as the savior of their franchise a year in advance. We can take Saquon Barkley because we're going to come take Daniel Jones the next year. No, that that was not... I don't believe that that was part of the machinations there. And there were front office changes and everything else to go. But you can look right there and say, okay, well, that's where the Giants are struggling. That's where they seem to get this thing wrong. It was a Dave Gettleman kind of move. And right now they are a Dave Gettleman 2019 kind of team with two wins. And Eli Manning coming back in because Daniel Jones has a high ankle sprain. Not so good, Al. When we come back, we'll get back into the college football playoff for a little bit. Discuss Ohio State and LSU and what we saw on Friday and Saturday. And then we will break down the NFL, a huge week in the NFL with some great games. It's going to be fun. Stick with us. This is the Jason Martin Show. Hour 3 coming up next on Fox. Third hour Jason Martin Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Glad to have you with us. I'm Jay Martin on Twitter at JMartZone. Chris Perfett, Eric Roberts, Brian Finley, my trifecta. They're spinning the Dodge radio style for me out in Los Angeles. Doing a great job as always. We'll hear a lot from them in the next few segments as we break down the NFL schedule. We do it every week. In the final hour of the show, we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Again, you can tweet me at jmartzone. DM's always wide open as well. Always start the show by saying I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. It's been an incredible year, and there's still things out there that I want to see happen in my life, but I'm willing to wait for those things, especially with how faithful I feel like the Lord has been to me. And I hope that uh, he is that way to you in your own mind. And one of the reasons my DMs are the reason my DMs are open is for conversations just like that. I hope you're willing to have that with somebody in your life. LSU versus Ohio State, folks. That's the debate. Might not be the game. Clemson's going to have something to say about that. Oklahoma's going to have something to say about that. People are still trying to posit that Oregon should have something to say about that. I'm sorry. No. 
Not after losing to Arizona State, no. LSU beats Georgia down in the SEC title game. Just absolutely humiliates a team that had given up 90 points all season in the SEC total. Scored 37. Georgia had beaten Florida, beaten Auburn, beaten Notre Dame, taken Alabama to the limit the last two years in the SEC title game and in the national championship with the same guy at quarterback in Jake Fromm. And LSU's defense was having none of Georgia's offense today. Now, Georgia's offense this year has not been very good. But that's still a team that nearly beat Bama twice in a row. I think LSU's number one. I think what they did in Tuscaloosa against Alabama and the dismantling of Georgia are both more impressive than anything Ohio State pulled off this season. I think Wisconsin was overrated. I think Penn State was overrated, and they didn't exactly blow them out. And Michigan's Michigan. Cincinnati, okay, whatever. I just don't think the Big Ten was nearly as good as the numbers, at least the numbers next to their names or the rankings would indicate. It seemed to me like, and I heard Clay Travis say this, and sometimes I disagree with Clay. Of course, he's my friend, but on this one, I kind of agree with him. I don't necessarily think it was intentional conspiracy that we needed to overrank Big Ten teams so that we could keep Ohio State at one, but that's one way you could do it for sure. Here's a stat for you about LSU while you're talking about Ohio State having an extra win over the top 25 and having a better margin of victory. I did have somebody tweet me, and this guy's been really respectful all night, So, and he even kind of backed off this just a little bit. But he said, we beat Wisconsin, a really good team, twice by an average of 22 points. Hard to make that argument after I just watched you win that game by less than two touchdowns and have to come back to do it less than 12 hours ago. But here's a stat for LSU fans and for LSU's side of this argument where I find myself. LSU is the first team to have five wins against the top ten at the time that they played them before a bowl game was played since Notre Dame did it in 1943. Somebody told me that one of these wins is lazy, but you can only look at when they played them at the time. Who were they playing? They beat Texas on the road when Texas was number nine in the country. They beat Florida when Florida was number seven. Auburn when Auburn was ninth. Alabama when they were third. And Georgia yesterday when they were fourth. And they beat Georgia by 27 points. Absolutely dismantled them. No one has done that since 1943. Five wins against top ten opponents. I'm not saying where they're ranked now. If you want to look at Clemson, Clemson, if you want to look at where teams are ranked now, didn't play a single ranked team all year because Virginia, who they absolutely, I don't even have a descriptor to describe what Clemson did to Virginia last night in the ACC championship game. But Virginia entered that game 23rd in the country with three losses, and they're not going to be ranked after that game. And that would have been the only ranked win Clemson had all year. So if you want to just look at it that way, Clemson didn't beat a ranked team all year. LSU, when they looked at the schedule, and when we were watching that on television, the number next to their opponent's names five times was in the single digits, and LSU won every one of those games. 
They beat Alabama on the road. They beat Georgia at a neutral site, but in the state of Georgia. And they went to Texas and beat Texas. That's not a tremendously impressive win at this point. But at that point in time, that was a top 10 team that people had a lot of faith in. And after they lost to LSU, they began to fall off a cliff. Oklahoma beat them, and then everybody started to get them. And maybe they were overrated. I've always said I thought Tom Herman was a bit overrated as a coach. But those are five really impressive wins. And I don't want to take away anything that Ohio State did because it was super impressive. What they did to Wisconsin the first time around was unbelievable. I remember watching that on a Saturday. I was at a Shoney's on the way to Knoxville, actually, to see an SEC football game. The South Carolina game, I do believe, actually, at Tennessee won. And we stopped, and that game was actually on in the restaurant, and it was a laugher. And it was a slow start for Ohio State. They could have won it even bigger. Cincinnati's not a bad win. I mean, Cincinnati took Memphis to the limit, and Cincinnati was a top-20 team for a large part of this season, too. Probably won't end that way. So they had some impressive wins. The Penn State win didn't blow me away. They should have won that game by a lot more than they did. The Michigan win turned out to be impressive, but that was a pretty good ball game for the first half. And LSU, it's not like LSU throttled everybody. I'm not trying to suggest that. I'm saying that the resume between these two teams and the manner in which LSU beat the number four team in the country yesterday dwarfs what Ohio State did to Wisconsin and Indianapolis where they were down two scores going into the second half and then scored 27 unanswered to win by 13. That's not blow-away impressive. And if you say, well, they knew they were in no matter what, well, everybody played in the game. They didn't bench Fields and Dobbins, which maybe they maybe they just gone and done that if they thought they were in and there was no problem. After LSU won that game by the margin in which they did, Ohio State had to know we'd better be impressive or we might slip to number two. And they were not impressive. They won the game, which is certainly an impressive feat in any regard. But relatively to what LSU did to Georgia, it's not that impressive. Who's better, Georgia or Wisconsin? You might want to argue Wisconsin. I think you'd be wrong because of Georgia's defense. Offensively, yeah, I'll take Wisconsin because I'll take Taylor. And as good as Swift is, they didn't utilize him very well this season at Georgia. And Kirby Smart, there's definitely some there's some head scratching to be done there. Because there's been a window at Georgia, and they've been able to recruit, but this year was a step back for them, even though they still ended up in the SEC title game. They had some good wins. But the way they went out was definitely a whimper. Or is LSU just that daggone good? LSU and Ohio State were the two best teams pretty much all year long. And Clemson just kind of sat in the background undefeated. And they could end up winning the national championship. If anybody would be surprised to see Clemson win the title, it's because they've never watched college football, at least over the past handful of years. And I said this off the start of the show, and I'll repeat it now. Dabo Swinney's out here playing this victim card. I don't know if he's trying to psych his team up or what, but nobody has forgotten how good Clemson is. 
No one is looking past them at all. The whole reason anybody cares about the argument between who's one and two is because two is going to have to play Clemson, and one gets the luxury of playing Oklahoma. Clemson's won two of the last three national championships and played in three of the last four. No one is overlooking them. There's no anti-Clemson bias here. This is not the kind of argument that I want to hear from Dabo Swinney. If anybody wants to play the victim card, think about this for a second. If I'm Lincoln Riley, that's exactly what I'm telling my football team. I am telling them once they get in tonight, once we find out they're totally in, I'm telling them that there's been a debate raging across the country as to who was going to be the number one seed because that team was going to luck out and get to play us. Think about the chip you could create on your football team's shoulder if you went with that argument. Everybody wants to dodge Clemson. They all want to play us. They all want to see Oklahoma because they think we're frauds. They look at that Iowa State game and that TCU game and having to come back against Baylor twice and barely escaping them on Saturday. They look at us and they think we're not worthy. That is a victim card that's legitimate. I don't think Lincoln Raleigh's going to play that card, but that's what I'm doing. The young men in that locker room, and they have a great leader in Jalen Hurts, as good a leader as you'll find, a guy that's about to play in his fourth straight college football playoff, three at Alabama, four there. He's going to have played in one more college football playoff than Nick Saban will have coached during the same span. But if I'm Lincoln Raleigh, that is how I motivate my team. I tell them that the rest of the country thinks that it's a gift to be the number one overall team, maybe for the first time, because you get to dodge Clemson and get to play Oklahoma. And I'm not saying Oklahoma is going to win the college football playoff, even if they did that. But think of how that would motivate you if you were wearing a Sooner jersey and that's what you heard, and you have one loss, and you played in a Power Five, and you've got a great coach. And you've got a quarterback that you believe in, that you would run through a brick wall for. And you've got a stud wide out like CeeDee Lamb. And you've got an improved defense by any metric with Alex Grinch as your DC. And everybody wants to play you. There's always that, oh, you don't want to see that team. This is the opposite. This is the, I want to see that team. I would be screaming that in Norman if I was on that coaching staff. I would try to ingrain it in those kids' heads that everybody thinks that they're nobodies. I'm not saying that you beat them down, but you can use that negativity to inspire them to shut people's mouths. That frustration, that I'll show you mentality. We know how good Oklahoma can be. I things had to fall real right for them to even get this opportunity, but I'll be darned, but it did. Oregon went to Tempe and lost to Arizona State, but then did the, look, the predictable, honestly, and beat Utah when Utah had it all in front of them and all they had to do was beat Oregon. 
Georgia lost to LSU and did so in a manner where there was no way that they were going to be involved in any discussion. Wisconsin lost to Ohio State, so they weren't going to be in any discussion. And Alabama lost their second game because of a second, well, maybe, because of one second being added to the clock that turned out to be the difference on that field goal. That doesn't happen. Maybe Alabama's the one we're discussing now and not Oklahoma, even with Oklahoma winning the Big 12 title. But you think of all that they did accomplish and everything that went the right way for them, and people are counting them out. They're talking about three of the greatest teams we've ever seen in the college football playoff in LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson. And there is Oklahoma, who's 0-3 in the college football playoff with their two Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks. And here comes a guy that's already won a national championship, albeit on the bench, but almost won one the year before as the quarterback against Clemson. And no one is taking them seriously at all. But number one, I think the case is made. LSU is the best team in the country right now. Ohio State's going to get the chance to prove that they are. Clemson's going to have the chance to prove that they are. We're going to get, hopefully, the matchups we want. One of those two teams, Ohio State or LSU, is going to match up with Clemson. That should be a semifinal that could be a final anytime, anywhere. And that's the kind of thing you want. And if that team gets by, then we get the likely, and here I am. I'm looking past Oklahoma, too. So you can add me to the list. You can put me in Norman. You can put me on the bulletin board material as well. We're probably, or we have an opportunity to get LSU, Ohio State, or one of those two teams has to go through Clemson in the semis, and the other one has to go through them in the finals. We're going to get the matchups we want here. I hope that they live up to the potential hype and the expectation that we have. If these three teams are as good as we all think that they are, then this should be as good a college football playoff as we could ever dream about. And then Oklahoma could play spoiler. That's a one-loss team and a really good one at that. This is a bad problem to have if you're a sports fan. These should be great games. Historically, the college football playoff has not brought us great games. Hopefully that will change. The scheduling gods in the NFL, they are bringing us a pretty good slate of games this week. When we come back, as always, the crew and me, we will break down and predict all of the games on the NFL slate, get you all set for the action. There was some great football on Saturday, a little bit of drama, at least for a half in the Big Ten title game. Big 12 game was very interesting. SEC was a laugher. Unfortunately, Utah didn't put up much of a fight against Oregon the night before. ACC was an embarrassment in terms of a final score. And then the AAC, as usual, was pretty entertaining, and Memphis won it. And Mike Norvell is going to take that win and go straight to Florida State, just like FAU took its second conference usa title in three years and put up a celebratory post and then nine minutes later said coaching search begins immediately because lane kiffin was announced as a new coach of Ole miss life comes at you fast ferris bueller yo i'm on twitter at jmartzone 877-99 on fox we'll pick the schedule next in the nfl this is jason mart show on fox sports radio there are some things that are too good to keep a secret 
Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Welcome back. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically with no limit to how much we'll match. Millions of people a year getting their cash back match. Discover cash back match. What are you waiting for? Learn more at discover.com slash cash back match. So college football will know all of the bowls that don't matter, all the crazy named bowls. But we're going to get a lot more football to watch at least. And then we're going to get the few games that do matter. But we're going to know all of this. We're not going to have to worry and wait too long to get the answers. And then we can debate how wrong the answers are after the fact. Because that's what we do. But hey, we need things to complain about. We've got a whole lot of football games today. Huge slate of games. With you know the bye weeks in the rear view. And only the one game on Thursday. The Dallas and Chicago game that the Bears already won. 31-24. So we got a lot to get to, and we usually it usually goes pretty much right to the end of the show. So here we go. NFL, week 14, beginning with the noon kickoffs, Carolina at Atlanta. Not exactly the most exciting because there are some really good games between teams with some of the best records in the league. 
But then there's, you know, a bunch of other teams in the NFL, including a 5-7 and seven Carolina team and a 3-win Atlanta team that has beaten teams they probably shouldn't have beaten based on the way they had played and lost to teams that they shouldn't have lost to, again, based on the way that they played recently. I don't know, man. It's in Atlanta. Carolina fired their head coach. We know the quarterback situation's a mess. McCaffrey's really good. I have a hard time believing the Panthers letting Ron Rivera go at this point in time so they can begin their coaching search, which, by the way, that is a upstanding move for the Panthers because what they're basically saying is we want to look for a new coach now, but we don't want to do it behind Ron Rivera's back. A lot of teams would not do that, so they're going to let him go now so that they can do this above board. And we'll see who they end up with in Carolina. I don't think Carolina's going to win today. There's just a lot of things going on around that franchise. So I'll take the Falcons in a game that ultimately doesn't matter much. Guys? Uh, Usually in games where I think a a head coach gets fired, usually the next game you see guys get fired up for one reason or another. So I'm going to take the Panthers here. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Falcons at home. A lot of outside stuff that really doesn't go doesn't translate onto the football field. Um, so I'm going to go Falcons. Yeah, and I'm in a in a toilet bowl game out here. Yeah, not one of the best games. I'm going to skip. There's an order here based on the home teams, but I'm going to skip a couple of the good games and kind of build up to them. So we go to Cincinnati at Cleveland. That classic AFC North showdown. The Bengals are not going to go winless because they did win. They're 1-11. Cleveland is Cleveland. Cleveland's got to beat the Bengals at home. They just have too much talent since he doesn't. And Zach Taylor, even though he's probably going to get another year because what exactly was he supposed to do with the team that he had? I don't think Cincinnati's catching Cleveland off guard. This ain't a trap game to me. Cincinnati doesn't have the talent to beat the Browns. The Browns don't even have to play well to win this. I'll take the home team again. I'm going to fade you again here. Andy Dalton revenge game. Andy Dalton revenge game. I barely believe that myself. I'm just, I He's back. <laughs> I've got to believe in him. He's still got something to tank. He beat up on the Jets. He can beat up on these sorry Browns. That's like four words that don't seem to make sense to be said no, in that it, order. No, I don't even know what I just said, to be honest. Yeah, that's amazing. Eric? I picked the Browns last week for a similar reason you picked the Browns this week. It's on paper, they, you know, against the Steelers last week. There was no, They had no reason to be in that game, let alone, you know, um, or to lose that game. So I think I'm going to go with the Bengals this week, um, just because the Browns let me down last week against the Steelers, so... Browns that's lost a home loss for the bank or win for yeah, the Bengals. Yeah, that's what you get for picking against the Steelers with a Freddie Kitchens coach Browns team. I know. But I man. just no Juju, no Connor. It just it was too easy of a pick for me to, and yeah, it blew up in my face. I was given some credit to the NFL scheduling gods. And it's really because of three really really good games, but there's some bad ones too. Washington at Green Bay. Woo! I, Packers by four touchdowns. How about that? Yeah, pack. Is that the first first half? <laughs> right? Jeez. This could be a, a, a ugly one quick. Yeah, Packers. Rodgers. Yeah, this could be a big Rodgers game. Could be a, just a running game, control the clock, keep everybody healthy kind of game. Washington's got absolutely no shot. Detroit at Minnesota. Vikings by uh, like 30. Yeah. 
That's your account, man. I'm taking the Vikings, too, and I'm taking them pretty big. The, the Lions, it seems like the bloom, whatever bloom might have existed early in the year, even if that bloom was Fugazi, this team right now is not very good. More and more reports keep coming out from former players and everything that no one is buying into Matt Patricia or anything yeah, I think that's he's going gone. on. I well, think he's gone. I, I don't think he is because, again, his pal's the general manager, but... Either way, I don't. He can't survive very long if he makes all right, another. All right, move. he should be gone. He should How be. About that? He should be. Yes. Two years is enough of this, Eric. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. It's yeah, a little bit of a uh, play angry game after what the Vikings went through against Seattle last week. So yeah, they they might take out some frustration on Detroit here at home. Another rock solid division game in the AFC East: Miami at the Jets. I'm about to back off my take and just say, what was my hot take about how great the schedule is today? (laughs) I mean, this is a terrible football game, right? I mean, the Jets at home, if it was in Miami, I'd take the Dolphins probably. I guess I'll take the Jets. What I'm going to take is red zone that's not going to show very much of this game. If Ryan Fitzpatrick leads the Dolphins to victory on Sunday, they will have swept the Jets. I'm going Dolphins. Yeah, I think wow. I'm going to go Dolphins, too. I, I, I'm falling for it, and it happens every Ryan year. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Little, little Fitz magic happens, and then he'll he'll have like a four-interception game. That could be tomorrow, but I'm going to go Dolphins on the road. If the Jets lose both games to the Dolphins, Adam Gase should not actually make it to the locker room before he's pink-slipped, even though they say that he's staying. They're, I didn't think it was yeah, a good hire. I mean, they've handed out some, some losses to – they've handed some wins to some questionable teams this year already. I Dolphins, know. one of them, and the Bengals last week. So, Is there a tarmac at MetLife Stadium? Yeah, exactly. Lane Kiffin, that guy. And I mean USC Lane Kiffin, not the Lane Kiffin that deserved the gig that he got at Ole Miss. Indianapolis at Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, okay. Um I mean, the Colts are the better team, I think. It's in Tampa Bay, but Indy's so beaten up. I don't know if T.Y. Hilton's playing. I know Marlon Mack is still out. Jacoby Brissett just doesn't have any weapons. The defense is still decent enough. You can't ever trust Jameis Winston. But the Colts seem to be fading to me. They need this to even come close to staying afloat for potential in the postseason. I'm tempted to pick home team, but I've looked and picked home team in every game, so i got to go against the trend. I'll say the Colts will win on the road. I think I'm going to go Colts here, although just it's it's really it's a struggle. I'm, I'm really trying to come to terms with that these Colts team had such a hot start, and now it's just completely evaporated. They've yeah. gotten banged up, man. Yeah. Really banged up. Yeah, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Tampa at home, guys, on this one. Yeah, because of Jameis Winston, somebody you can trust. Yeah, I, I, did I sound sure? I, let me let me reset. Yeah, no, you I, didn't have any reasoning. <laughs> yeah, no. ah, there was go There should have been a question silence. mark. You know, the sarcasm font, something in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Denver at Houston. This is my Broncos. Texans are atop the AFC South by one game, but they know that they have two matchups with the Titans, who are right beneath them, still to come in the month of December. They've got to keep winning. Titans are on the road in Oakland. We'll get to that game here in just a second. Houston's just better than Denver. Denver's won a couple of games that are sort of strange. This might be a strange game. I just feel like 
I just I think the Texans are too strong. Even though they're definitely flawed, I'll take the Texans at home. Yeah, I think I think the uh, Texans have this one sewn up. As you say, the Broncos have been winning some strange games. This isn't the Chargers. This is the Texans. No. The Texans are going to the playoffs. I I like the Texans here. Yep. Yeah, much the same, guys. Unless you you're, if you're going for the Broncos, you know something secretive that not many people know. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, and then one. Well, we got two of those big games still in the noon kick window. Baltimore at your Bills. The Bills are nine and three. We know what Baltimore is. They're a ten-win football team with the probable MVP, unless things just fall completely apart in the last three weeks. In Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Buffalo has a really good defense, and Josh Allen's rushed for a lot of yards a lot of times because he's had to. It hadn't been designed in the way that Baltimore's offense has with Greg Roman at times. Can Buffalo's defense confound the Ravens on the road? Buffalo's not a place that you want to go play on the road. I just don't know if I buy Buffalo against this team the way that Baltimore is playing. I feel like Baltimore's still got a game or two that they might drop before this season's over. Because I don't know that they're going to be the number one seed going into the postseason. I just can't pick the Bills here. I, I guess I wouldn't be stunned if it happened because it's the NFL. But I'll take the Ravens. It's, uh, it, uh, yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm trying to find ways to pull for Buffalo, and I want them. And I believe they can, but it's going to come down to much the same as the defense and what are they going to do to, to contain, you know, Lamar Jackson. And they have had a leaky run defense in the past. Um, they've had games where it's obvious that they're going to run it down their throat and they let them give up 175 on the ground. Who knows what Mark Ingram's going to do to them tomorrow. It could get ugly on the ground for them, but it could also... They've locked it down a little bit recently, too, but like they kept Zeke out of the end zone for the most part. I mean... I'm, I'm going to pick got Bills, a shot. Though. They got a shot, yeah, and it's going to come down to can they create some offense... And Josh Allen has, he's on a little bit of a streak here, but, you know, I'd hate for them to fall back into, you know, the don't throw up on yourselves offense that they have had at certain points in and out of the season. So I'm going to go Buffalo here, but I could, e- yeah. It could be a three-point three win, three-point loss, or they could get boat race. So, but I'm going to go Buffalo. I was te- checking weather and temperature, nothing out of the ordinary, so I'm just going to have to stick with the Ravens here. I think we're going to find out a lot about Buffalo over the next few be weeks because they've got to play think, Baltimore yeah. and New England coming up. But, yeah, I, it could be. I, we'll see if it's close. I'm very curious to see how Buffalo plays in this game because a lot of people are watching with that nine-win team it's pro- that's almost surely got a wild card locked up They got the, the national team. TV game for most of the country in the morning, too. Exactly so you thought right. A lot of eyes on them in Thanksgiving, a lot of them this, or tomorrow morning also or today. Didn't work out well for Utah against Oregon. Maybe it'll work for the Bills against the Ravens. San Francisco at New Orleans. Woo, that's a good one. There are some games this early window that you that you would just want like a three-game split screen. The last two that we've discussed, probably the two at least, that you would want to see. Niners at Saints. Saints at home. San Francisco coming west to east. Jimmy G versus Drew Brees, but it's more Kyle Shanahan and everything that he's doing, plus that defense against the Saints. I think that the Niners are more balanced. But I'm going to trust the quarterback and say that I still... I like the Saints' offense, and I'm still waiting for San Francisco to drop another game or two, and this is an opportunity for them to do so. I tend to... I'm going to pick the Saints here, 
but I could go either way. This should be a great game. Yeah, this one will be good. I think you've got the right instincts here. Uh, I don't really trust Jimmy Garoppolo yet as a quarterback, and I think that there's there's been enough weaknesses in the 49ers that you're just waiting for them to get exposed in just one game. It doesn't mean they're a bad team, but in the NFL, no team you don't play great every week to week. There's always one team that's your kryptonite. New Orleans at home seems like one of those games where it should be in the bag for the Saints, but it's going to be close. Yeah, I'm going to go with Saints here too, guys. I just feel like that this is stacking up to be one of those statement wins that you're going to look back and point to Drew Brees and the and the Saints when it comes to playoff time, what they did to the 49ers. Um, and then it's it, Drew Brees and the Saints in the Superdome is just always hard to pull me away from picking them in that situation. Yeah, unless the Falcons are playing them for <laughs> some unknown yeah. reason, just because it's a division game. It's going to Brian Finley. South we still game. got... Yeah, we still got five, six games to pull, and we'll get them done before the end of the show. Let's go to Brian Finley, catch up with one more update. What's up, B? Hey, what's going on, Jason? The college football playoff pairings will go public later today, and yesterday gave us a better idea of what to expect. Number one, Ohio State overcoming a turbulent first half in the Big Ten Championship. Fields with the ball, back to throw, looking left, looking middle of the field, fires middle of the field, and it's caught at the five, and dancing into the end zone goes Ohio State's receiver, K.J. Hill. Paul Keels with Learfield IMG College as the Buckeyes were down 14 at the half. They score 27 unanswered and win against number 8 Wisconsin 34-21. to Third-ranked Clemson horrifies number 23 Virginia 62-17 to to capture the ACC title. Trevor Lawrence, four touchdown passes. That is five consecutive conference titles for the Tigers. Number two LSU schools, number four Georgia 37-10 to in the SEC championship game. Tigers quarterback Joe Burrow had four scores. Sixth-ranked Oklahoma snails past number seven Baylor and its third string quarterback 30 to 23 in overtime in the Big 12 championship. Here's Sooners head coach Lincoln Riley after the game. They played like they had the majority this year. There's great defense being played at the University of Oklahoma right now. Man, I'm proud of those guys, the coaches, all our guys, man. We hung in there, didn't play our best. We beat a damn good team here today and we're the champs. Meanwhile, according to reports, Memphis head coach Mike Norvell is on his way to take the Florida State head coaching job. But yesterday, Norvell led the Memphis Tigers over Cincinnati 29-24 to get the AAC crown. Online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Back to Jason Martin. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. we got six games left, four in the afternoon window, and then Sunday night football and the Monday night matchup. We'll break all of those down in a little. We'll go ahead and get to break now so we have a little bit longer in the final segment so we don't have to break it up. We'll be right back to finish up. Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final segment of the program, Fox Sports Sunday, coming up next. Brian No, Andy Furman, they'll have you all set. We're in the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. Christmas is coming. Not here yet, but just a few weeks away. It's going to be here before you know it. We got six games to get to. We did the very busy opening window. Nine games. We'll be kicking off at 1 Eastern time, so Red Zone's going to be busy. And then 4 in the afternoon setting begins with the Chargers at the Jaguars. Gardner Minshew, back in. Nick Foles on the sidelines, making that money. You can't kill the Charge. king. 
You can't kill the king. That's right. Chargers, a four-win football team. They're going absolutely nowhere. This is a game that you might have looked at a year and a half ago and been like, hmm, what an appetizing matchup this is. And this one, it doesn't mean much at all. It's at Jacksonville. Who cares? I have no idea. Neither one of these teams is good. Phillip Rivers appears to be done. I kind of think the kid, Minshew, might might come back in and spark the Jags at home to beat the Chargers. I'll take them even though I, I know the Chargers have more talent. The great mystery of this game is how the Chargers are currently favored by three and a half on the road. Give me the Jaguars. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to take the Jaguars too. Talk about a cliff, guys. I mean, geez, it's, it's falling off real fast here for the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, indeed. I'm glad you got that right. I'm glad. I, I don't think I actually said Los Angeles. Still slip up every time I'm watching right. games, man. There's, a, there's an we announcer or a sideline person that tosses out San Chargers. Diego. We all do. They don't deserve a city because no one actually claims them, except maybe San Diego. Tennessee at Oakland. Okay. Titans are what? 5-1 and one under Ryan Tannehill. Report from Ian Rappaport just a little while ago says Josh Jacobs is a true game-time decision. He wants to go but may not be able to go. Oakland has been trending in the wrong direction. They've gotten crushed in the last two weeks, which tells me they're due for a comeback here. This is a, a very important game to the wild card for both of these two teams. But I said that I would pick Titans games based on the flip of a coin, which I did on Friday on my show here on the Fox Sports Radio affiliate WGFX 104.5 The Zone here in Nashville. And that came up in favor of the Titans. So I think Tennessee's going to keep it rolling and beat Oakland. And if Josh Jacobs doesn't play, I definitely think Tennessee beats Oakland. Yeah, I like I like Tennessee's run defense here. So uh, I guess I'll go Titans. I'm going to go home, guys. Uh, there's only a couple games left in Oakland, so I'm going to go coach them up games here. Some morale wins for the Raiders, so I'm going to go Raiders win at home against the Titans. KC at New England. Here's one of those matchups that's going to be fun. It's at New England where the Patriots flat out don't lose, but that offense has not looked this bad in a long, 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 long time. I'm going to buck the trend. I don't think New England is done. I think if you're throwing dirt on them, you've lost your mind. They have one of those weird games, but that doesn't mean they're all of a sudden done. They usually fight back. But eventually the Chiefs have to beat the Patriots, and I think this is going to be the time they get the job done. I'm on the fence about this one because it's going to be 15 degrees in Foxborough. Going to be hard to get the ball around, but yeah, I... I, 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 weirdly enough, I like the Chiefs here. Like I, they haven't given me a lot of confidence in great games so far. They're only eight and four, but I think this is a game they need to have, and it's one the Patriots maybe don't need to have as badly. So I, I like the Chiefs. Looks like a, looks like a queen sw- uh, clean sweep, guys. Uh, Chiefs on the road. Yeah, like, this is a weird situation here. Usually these these problems are being um, patched up by the Patriots by Week 14, but they seem to kind of still be. A problem, which is a problem in New England. So Chiefs over the Pats here. If this was a playoff game, I'd be taking the Patriots, but not in the regular season. Not to, not this time. Pittsburgh at Arizona. Pittsburgh has a soft schedule and a chance to get that final wild card spot. They're in a really good spot to do that. At Arizona, man, this feels really weird to me because the Steelers obviously still have trouble and they're banged up and hurt. But they've been really impressive, and they're playing cohesive, and the Minka Fitzpatrick trade has paid off for them. I think the Steelers will keep it rolling. I I think this is a trap game. I think we're yeah, going to start talking about Kyler Murray a little bit 
after this game. I'm going to take the Cardinals. I'll take the Steelers on the road. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a trap game. That's what that's what was running through my head is this is is this a trap game? I just like, don't know if Pittsburgh just, can be trapped because of how they know how hard they're having to work to win every game. Right, right. They they know how hard they're having to work, but that doesn't save you sometimes. The Cardinals from, yeah. can they can hang up some points too. So it's you know it's gonna come down to a little bit of defensive, you know, stops here for Pittsburgh. Seattle at the Rams is a Sunday night football game. Night, nice matchup with seven and five Rams pretty much have to win this. Seattle trying to hold serve ten and two, just like the 49ers. Big game between those two teams to finish up the season coming up. I don't know that I've seen a less impressive ten win team than Seattle at this point. They're winning these close football games, but they're winning them, and they've got Russell Wilson. And I've tried to pick the Rams, and they've let me down so many times before. But I had San Francisco losing on the road to the Saints. I got Seattle losing on the road, too. I'll take the Rams to win this game and both those teams to be 10-3. and three. Seattle is undefeated on the road, and I think that streak is continuing. Give me the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm taking Russell Wilson Seahawks. And then what a great Monday night football game. The New York football giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. NFC East ain't nobody. Well, no, there, there will be a lot of people watching because of these markets. The Giants are absolutely brutal. The Eagles aren't any good, but they're going to win this game, and they're going to make this Eagles-Cowboys thing interesting, even though it shouldn't be. I'll take the Eagles. Yeah, Eagles. Eagles, hope the Giants a little bit of chaos. Yeah, well, I think you're going to get plenty of chaos. So that's your slate for Week 14. Some good games, and boy, as we went through it, some bad games as well. We'll break them all down. We'll know what's happening in the college football playoff Within the next 24 hours, when we come back next week, we will have plenty to talk about. Fox Sports Sunday is next. We'll see you guys. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.